Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. We're talking about, uh, as far as our lesson uh, or our messages, we have a series uh, on lost and found. Now, that's the theme for our Bible school. And so, as a pastor, I thought I'd go ahead and bring some messages on Sunday morning on this because it's important. We wanted to make sure that you have been found. In other words, you're saved. And then afterwards, to tell others about Christ so that they can get things right and they can be found as well. Uh, As far as the other two parables, one was a lost sheep. The other one was a lost coin. Uh, This one is about a lost son. So, uh, you see the value is getting, uh, I guess you say, going higher. Uh, A person is more valuable than an animal or a coin. And so, we see the value here. And so, what we're going to find out here this morning is I think it's important that we are all... uh, part of God's family, that we're all found and that we're saved. Bible tells us that what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but lose his own soul? Your soul is your most valuable possession. Okay, so make sure, make sure it's secure uh, this morning. Now the Bible tells us that there were two sons in this parable. Uh, this morning we're going to talk about the selfish son. Next week we'll talk about the other son. But we're going to talk about the selfish son this morning. And I'm going to have just three thoughts for you. We're going to talk about the rebel that he was. Because he was. There's some rebellion that took place here. And then we're going to talk about the results that he faced because of his rebellion. And then finally we'll look at the return that he made to go back to his father and to get things right. So let's start here. Uh, we find in John chapter 15 uh, as far as verse Uh, 12, it says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that follow to me. And he divided unto them uh, his living. So let me get into this here this morning. And let's talk about uh, what we'd call the rebel that this man was. Okay, what we find here is he had a dislike, uh, basically, for his father's authority. He didn't want to stay in his father's home anymore. Uh, What would happen traditionally is the eldest son would, uh, all obviously, he would take over the ruling authority of the family of the estate, and he would lead, and then the younger son would receive an inheritance as well. Uh, And evidently, this younger son, he he didn't want to stay and be part of the family anymore. He wanted his inheritance so he could leave and he could go. Uh, And so here's a young man that did not care for authority, is what we find. Uh, There's a lot of young people today that are like that. They don't care for authority. They don't want any authority in their life. Uh, and what, wasn't the, what was it that this man didn't like, this young man? Uh, I think the answer can be found from his conduct when he left. What did he do? Uh, basically, he did as he pleased. Maybe that was part of the problem. He just didn't like being told what to do. Uh, he didn't like to have someone above him uh, telling him what to do. Uh, also, we find that he spent his money on everything and anything. And maybe that was part of the problem. Maybe he didn't like that his father limited on his spending or, or maybe directed him or tried to encourage him to spend wisely. And so he went out and he spent it the way he wanted to spend it. Also, we find he went wherever he wanted to go. And maybe that was something he struggled with, was that he didn't want anyone giving him directions or directing him. Uh, we can all become like this, by the way. Let me just point this out. We can all be rebellious in one way or another, whether it's uh, before God or just in life in general. And this young man, he became rebellious, and I think it was a product of his selfishness. He, he was selfish at this point. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. You know, Bible, the Bible tells us that rebellion is a serious issue. Uh, 1 Samuel fifteen twenty three says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Uh, so those are, those are pretty strong words there. Samuel said those. Uh, you know, stubbornness is as idolatry as far as God is concerned. 
Uh, now, we can all be stubborn, right? You know, the Bible tells us there's a difference between being steadfast and stubborn. Steadfast is when you're taking a stand on what's right. Uh, stubborn is when you're digging in for personal or selfish reasons. I tell my wife, I'm not stubborn, I'm steadfast. Uh, and she does the same thing and just laughs because she knows uh, we can all be stubborn in our own prejudices or our personal desires. And this young man became stubborn, and, and it's a heart problem, and that needs to be addressed at the heart. So as far as his dislike, there was a rebellion. And this morning, let me give you a few thoughts on the rebellion that can take place today. First off, how about sinners? We're all sinners, the Bible tells us. All have sinned and come short of God's glory. That includes everyone here. And when someone is in sin, they're living opposite to God. There's, there's an opposition there. Uh, because the sin is breaking God's law. And so when someone sins, they're, they're going against God's authority. Now, there are some who, what I would put it this way, they're very bold in their sin. They're, they're actively opposing God. Then there's some who I think maybe are doing it in ignorance. They're just living under themselves and don't realize the opposition there. But also, here's a thought. You know, Christians can be rebellious as well. We can be rebellious. Uh, and again, it's due to selfishness. Uh, we want something or we want to do something our way and, and we put the importance on our desires instead of on the Lord's. And so we can rebel against God. We can rebel against his word or against his ways or even against his, his leading of our life. We can become upset and become rebellious. And so we just got to be careful of that. Here's what he did. He, he went. He left. He got away. He, he went a great distance, the Bible tells us, so he could get away from his father and get away from the authority. I think we find a young man who left believing life would be better somewhere else. Have you ever had that feeling or that thought? I have had that so many times in my life. And you know, when you act upon it, sometimes you look back and say, you know, it's not so much better here as it was there. It's just a different place. And that's what I think this young man found out. You know, we talk about that phrase, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Or we think life would be better if we didn't have this or didn't have to deal with that. Or if I lived over there instead of living here. Well, in reality, it'd probably be just the same. It'd just be in a different location. And that's what we just need to understand. And this young man, I think, thought he'd have maybe no problems. He could do whatever he wanted, and, and life would be wonderful in another place. And so he went. And there are a lot of people today, I think, that are... Here's the way I put it. There are a lot of people that are running away from God. They don't want God in their life. No different than this man ran away from his father. There are a lot of people, and they may be young like this man, or they may... Even be older, they're just, but they're running away from God. They don't want God's authority in their life. They don't want God in their life. And so they are looking for happiness elsewhere, thinking they're going to find it, thinking they'll find the joy in life. Uh, you, have you noticed that, at least I've noticed this, and maybe you have, it seems the most worldly people, when I say worldly, those that are really actively in sin, are the ones that oppose God the most. I mean, they're very bold in their opposition to God. They, they speak out and they, they really oppose God. Uh, you know, I think the reason being is because they're trying to run away from him and they can't get away. They can't. I mean, not that they belong to him as far as being saved, but he is their creator. So they do belong to him in a sense. And, and because of that, they're trying to run away from God and, and they can't because nobody can run away from God. We can't hide from God. Uh, and another reason is they're looking for joy in the world and they can't find it. We seek fulfillment in the world. We're not going to find it. It's only in God. And so this man ran. And, and maybe there's some here today that are running from God. Trying to find uh, your joy in the world instead of looking to the Lord. Now let's look at the results now. Because this is what he ran into. It says here. Uh, and it says uh, in verse 
13. Many days after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. So uh, here's two thoughts for you on this passage here. Uh, as far as the results he, he faced, I put the first one as liberty forsaken. Okay, When he walked away from his father, I believe he thought he was free. Maybe all young people feel that way at some point. I remember when I was younger, I wanted to go, you know, take on the world, or I thought I could. And when he left, I, I imagine he thought he was free. Nobody could have convinced him otherwise. I mean, he had his inheritance, he had what he wanted, and now he could go do as he pleased. And that's what he did. He just went and lived unto himself and did what he wanted. But here's the question I want to put out to you. Was he truly free? Was he truly free? I think the answer is no. But because, and here's the reason. He became a slave to his passions. That's what happened. Oh, he may not have been underneath his father's authority anymore, but he became a slave to his passions and basically sin. He began to serve them. Notice what he put all his money into. Notice what he put all his time into. Notice what he put all his effort into. It was the world and pleasing himself. And the pleasures of the world controlled this young man. That's where he spent everything. So he truly wasn't free. He was enslaved by the world is what we find. Uh, an interesting passage on that is the book of Ephesians. I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. And if you're taking notes, I'm just going to read the first three verses of Ephesians chapter 2. And it says here, verse 1, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now that word quickened, we don't use it much today as far as in our regular everyday talk, but it means to give life, uh, to have life. He says, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2, Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Okay, Paul here is talking to the church at Ephesus, and he says, hey, you know, you're saved now, but don't forget where you came from. At one point, you were out in this world. At one point, you were enslaved by the world. You know, that passage tells us there that they were under the control of the world, basically. The prince of the power of the air is the devil. And I think that's something we must never forget. First off, if you're saved, you've been set free from that. But if you're here this morning and you're not saved, that's where you are. You're enslaved to this world. You're underneath the authority of the devil, so to speak. You're under his control and his dominance. But you're not, you're not part of God's family. And that's important for us to not only understand, but to share with others that, hey, everything's not all right right now. You need to get things settled with God. And so what we find here is this man forsook his liberty. There are a lot of people today who you may have freedom in our country. Praise the Lord for our freedoms. But make sure you have freedom from sin as well. Make sure that you have accepted Christ as your Savior and that you're no longer in your sin. What we find here is this man was was in control, I guess, or controlled by the world. Here's the other thought here. Notice the loss that he found. Uh, where did his selfish and rebellious heart lead? Now, for a moment, he probably had some fun, all right, enjoying all the activities the world had, uh, going places. But that ended. That ended when he ran out of money. You know, uh, nobody has enough money to please themselves. You know, you read the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, uh, as I mentioned before, estimated today would be $2.2 trillion, his net worth. Uh, you know, you put all the 
billionaires together today, they still wouldn't equal half of what he was worth. Yet he himself could not find fulfillment in the world. So let's not think we're going to find it. If he couldn't find it and had all the money to do what he wanted and had the time to do what he wanted, we're not going to find that fulfillment there. And that's what this young man found too. He found nothing but loss in this world. He lost everything, this young man did. He lost his money. Uh, you know, and, and when your money's gone, unfortunately, a lot of your friends are going to be gone too. He found that as well. He was by himself. His buddies were gone, uh, and they took off on him. Now, to his credit, you know what he did? He went and found a job. I'm going to give him credit for that. He did find a job. He worked. And so he went and took a job. He just didn't give up. He went and he worked. And the Bible tells us he got a job with swine, a job with pigs. Now, let me just say this up front. I'm not going to tell you that's a bad job today, okay? Uh, There's nothing wrong with having a, a pigs and pig farmer. But let's put this in context here with the culture. He was a Jewish young man. Swine was unclean to him. You know what we find? The picture here is is a young man who hit so low that he just did what he could. You know, that's what the world will leave you, by the way. Uh, The world will leave you at the bottom is what's going to happen. Oh, you might have fun for a little bit, but when when the world's finished with you, you're going to be down there. The one example I'll give is, how about the Bible talks about being a drunkard. You know, I don't know of any young kid who ever said, you know, on career day, I'm going to be a drunkard. We find astronauts, athletes, entertainers. I want to be a businessman. I'm going to do all this. But I've never heard of a young man or young woman saying I'm going to be a drunkard. Because that's not the plan. That's just what happens when alcohol is finished with somebody. They begin to drink. And if it takes control of their life and they lose control to it, then next thing you know, it's going to ruin them. It's going to be a slave. They're going to be enslaved to it. And there are people today that are slaves to alcohol, slaves to other things too. That's just the one example I'll give you. But you know what? It'll leave them in a terrible situation. And that's what sin does. And so we just need to understand the world uh, will leave us with nothing is what we, what we find. And so let's move on here to our last point here this morning. And I want to talk about the return he, he made. Because this is where we find, I think, the importance here. Notice the Bible tells us here in verse 17. And when he came to himself. Have you ever had one of those moments? When all of a sudden you just said, hey, what am I doing? What am I thinking? What am I doing? I imagine he's sitting there thinking, man, life's so terrible. And it says, when he came to himself, notice what it says here. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. So let's look at this here. Notice first the discoveries that he made. Uh, two thoughts on this real quick. First, there was some fear involved. You know what he's afraid of? The Bible says he's afraid of perishing. He said, I perish of hunger. You know, it tells us here the only food he could get was what the swine were eating. And that's the food he was trying to eat as well. This man was in a, in a terrible situation and fear set in that he was going to die. He was about to perish. Uh, you know what this world needs? And not just the sinners, but I think Christians too. We need a good dose of fear. And what I mean by that is the fear of God needs to be in our heart. We need to understand that God is the Almighty, that He's in control, not us, and that He still reigns over this world. And then we also need a good dose of what I would call the fear of sin. Because once we realize how terrible sin is, that will help us to avoid it. And then, of course, the fear of death. You know, people try to avoid talking about death today. They don't want to talk anything about it. But you know what? I'm not... I don't enjoy talking about it. I'll I'll just tell you that. It's not a favorite subject of mine. 
But folks, it's the future for all of us unless the Lord returns. So we at least better recognize it and be prepared for it. That's the best thing. If you know you can't avoid something, get ready for it. And so what we find here is this man feared this. And so this fear is what drove him to begin his journey back home. Often it's that those fears, either the fear of God or the fear of sin or even the fear of death that may spark in someone's heart to, hey, I need to get right with God. I need to start living correctly. Secondly, think about the future. This man had no future right now. There was nothing here. Nothing to enjoy and nothing to look forward to. We would call it hopeless, a hopeless situation. But with God, there is always hope. That's what I want to share with you. With God, there's always hope. When you, when you have God in your life, there's always hope. Even in the darkest moments, even when you have trials or troubles, the Lord's there. He's not going to forsake you. And we also know He's already taken care of our future, so our eternity is secure. And God will take us that direction. And, and that's the discoveries he made. First, there was some fear involved. And then second, he recognized he had no future where he was, so he's going to go back home to his father. And then, as far as the direction, let me give you a few thoughts. Notice what he did first. He forsook the world. Okay, he had to get up out of that pig pen and leave. That's what he had to do. If he just stayed there, nothing would change and nothing would get better. So he had to make a decision. He had to do something. You know, sometimes I think, eh, well, as churches, sometimes we need to challenge people to make some decisions. Because that's what's needed today is decisions. You've got to decide, hey, uh, this is wrong, and I need to do what's right. Or guess what? I'm not in God's family. I need to decide that I'm going to seek this out. I'm going to go to God and accept Him as my Savior. But a decision needed to be made. This man had to make a decision, and he did. He got up from the swine. And he looked to go home. You know, maybe there's someone here today that needs to do this. I don't know your heart. The Lord knows it, and you know it. Maybe there's someone here. Maybe there's someone here in their sin. Uh, when I say in your sin, uh, you have maybe lived the best you could. Maybe you've done what's right. Maybe even gone to church. Maybe you've raised in a good home. But when you look at your life, there's never been a time where you've accepted Christ as your Savior. What I mean by that is you, you maybe know you're a sinner, but you've never accepted him into your heart. You've never put your faith in Christ. There's a difference between knowing about Jesus and believing on him as your Savior. And this morning, maybe there's someone here that you're at that point where you've just never made that decision. Well, today could be the day that you say, hey, you know what, I'm going to make that decision. I'm going to leave this world and I'm going to accept Christ as my Savior. Uh, maybe there's a Christian here who you're saved, you belong to the Lord, but guess what? There's, there's just a, a sin in your life that's just holding on, or you're holding on to, and you're allowing it to hinder or hurt your life. And maybe today's the day you say, you know what, I'm just going to get rid of that. i got to forsake that. i got to leave that behind because it's doing me no good. It's just creating harm. It's, it's taking me to places I don't need to be, whether it's physical places or up here in the mind. It's just leaving me in a terrible state, and i got to get rid of it. Well, this morning, leave it behind. And move forward. And this man did that. He forsook the world. Secondly, he followed the way home. Notice it says here, he says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against thee. Uh, and it says here in verse 20, And he arose and came to his father. He knew the way home. And he followed it. You know, this morning, uh, here's my thought on that. The way to God is Jesus Christ. John fourteen six. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay, he's the way to God. And once you know he's the way, you must take the way. You must accept him as your Savior. And so follow the way to God. Don't make up your own way because uh, we can't find a way outside of Christ. He is the way. And so follow Christ and accept him as your Savior. And then also, here's a thought on this too. There, there was some faith involved. 
This man had faith that his dad would do what was right. He had faith in the father. In his father. He, he had faith that when he would return, that his dad would accept him at least, bring him back into the, as far as uh, give him a position to work and a place to live. He wasn't expecting anything more than that. That tells you how humble he had become. He wasn't expecting his dad to do anything but just maybe give him a job. And so he had faith that his dad would do what was right. This morning, we need to have faith in God. And that's difficult sometimes. You know, uh, faith moves from here to here is what it does. You see, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but until you believe, it's not going to happen. You've got to have faith in God. And there are times we need to just trust God on a daily basis as Christians. Obviously, to be saved, you must put your faith in the Lord and trust that He will do what is right. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans 10.13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The reason I say that's one of my favorite verses is because I can tell anyone that. I don't need to know anything else about you. I don't need to know what you've done. I don't need to know where you've been. It's none of my business. But I can tell you, if you want to be forgiven, God will forgive you and accept you into his family. And that's what's wonderful about God. He will forgive and accept those that seek His forgiveness. So this morning, if you're not saved, I encourage you to seek God's forgiveness. And that's the last thought here, is there was forgiveness involved. The Bible tells us here in verse, well, we, we found in verse 20 that His Father fell on His neck. I think the Father had already forgiven Him. When, and, and here's my thought on the Father. This is going to be a different message someday. But could you imagine this dad getting up every day just looking for his son? Uh, by the way, uh, if you have a dad or a mom, don't think they don't care. Okay? Uh, this dad here evidently was looking for his son's return. I, I don't know how long he was looking. Maybe he got up every morning. Maybe every afternoon he'd just go and look and see if his son's coming home. And the day he saw his son is the day he rejoiced. He was happy. He was excited. He was thrilled. Well, God the Father is looking for people to get right with him. And I imagine, well, we, we know from the other parables, there's rejoicing in heaven. There's a celebration when someone is saved, when someone repents of their sin. And I imagine God is happy and pleased when someone is saved. And so we find in this passage here, there, the man was hugged his child, embraced him, and then the, the son said, Hey, Dad, I'm not worthy to even be called your son. Notice the humility there. He'd been changed by all this. His life was different. The selfishness was gone. He says, Dad, I'm not even worthy of this. I, I don't want to be brought back into the house. I'm not worthy. Just give me a job where I can work and make a living. Folks, that's repentance is what that is. That's, that's a picture of repentance. He knew he was wrong. He wasn't trying to blame someone else. He wasn't trying to justify it anymore. He said, Dad, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. In other words, he understood he sinned against God. Uh, he didn't believe he could make it right, but he just hoped that his dad would uh, find it in his heart to accept him and give him a job. And instead, you know, we find not only did the dad embrace him, the Bible says he brought him back in the family, gave him a new robe, clothed him, Gave him a ring, which signifies bringing him back into the home and the house. Now, that's kind of interesting. Some wonder if he left the ring, basically said, I don't want to be part of the family anymore. Or if his dad, or if he lost the ring when he was out. Sold it, maybe. Either way, he got the ring, got a ring back, brought back into the family, and then he received shoes. See, his dad not only forgave him, but accepted him. Brought him into the family. You know, this young man, I think it's safe to say, has now found true joy and happiness. He went out to the world to find it, couldn't find it. After he hit rock bottom, so to speak, he said, you know what, I don't have it here, I'm going to go back to my dad. And there, in his father's house, is, he, is where he found what he was looking for.
And this morning, that's my final thought, and I'm going to give you an illustration to close here uh, this morning. But uh, maybe you're looking, I hope you have found the joy of God in your heart. You've accepted Christ as your Savior. But if not, maybe that's the problem. You're looking for joy somewhere else. You're looking to the world for your happiness and your peace. And it's not going to fulfill it. Only God can fulfill that because God can change your heart and save your soul. Uh, The illustration I want to close with is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Dwight L. Moody. He was an evangelist for many years in the mid-1800s. His conversion is interesting. He raised in a godly home. I mean, he went to church, read the Bible. At the age of 17, went to Boston uh, to basically make his living. He worked for his uncle in a shoe, shoe factory. Uh, and went to church, but the way he put it, he had no real interest in church, enjoyed the social aspect, but that was about it. And he asked a lot of questions. He, began, he was very curious. We had a Sunday school teacher named Edward Kimball uh, who took a, just a liking. The Lord put Dwight on his heart, and he began praying for Dwight. And one day he went down to the shoe store, and uh, he wanted to talk to Dwight. He said it took him a few minutes to go in because he didn't want to embarrass the young man in front of the co-workers and others and wanted to make sure it was okay he could talk with him. So eventually he went in, uh, and he went over and started talking to Dwight. And he, uh, the way both of them put it, he said Dwight was ready to accept Christ. He had hit a point where he knew that there was nothing in the world for him. And all... Edward Kimball had to do was just explain to him how, what he had to do. He just had to repent and believe. And he did it right there in the shoe store, accepted Christ. Well, his life was changed completely on that day. Not only was he given a new life, but he surrendered his life to God. And he became, well, at that time, probably the most well-known evangelist in America and even the world. He ended up going to Chicago, started uh, pastoring a church there, traveled the world, saw many souls come to Christ. Many, you know, many of the musicians that have written hymns were part of either being led to Christ by him that we sing today or were influenced by him. Also, many evangelists and pastors and authors were, were accepted Christ under his ministry. But, you know, Dwight L. Moody talked about the day that he said he found great joy as far as the day he was saved. And then later he said about 17, I think, no, 18 years passed. He said he went back to Massachusetts, just outside Boston, and he held a meeting. And in that meeting, uh, he preached the message. It was packed. Afterwards, he was greeting people, talking to people, and a young man came up to him and introduced himself. He said, I'm Henry Kimball. My dad was your Sunday school teacher. I just wanted to say hi and just, you know, speak to you for a moment. Well, Dwight L. Moody said, he goes, I I looked at him and said, you know, it's wonderful to meet you. I remember when you were a little baby. He goes, and it's wonderful to meet you. And he said, are you a Christian? And young Henry said, no, I'm not. Not interested. And Dwight L. Moody said, neither was I when I was your age. He said, can I talk to you about Christ? And he shared with him how there is nothing in the world that can take the place of Christ in your heart. He said it just took a few moments, and that young man said, you know, I need Jesus. And he accepted Christ as his Savior. You see, folks, it's just simply two things. One, making sure you're right with God. You have been found. And then second, share it with others so someone else can be found as well. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.